The following podcast is a next level production. Welcome to Wilhelm and Let's Talk Television. I'm your host, Ben Beck, and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there who have either uh, fallen into the position, taken up the position, whatever it is, father, dad, stepdad, whatever it may be, this is your time to relax and celebrate, and be celebrated, rather. Uh, But we're going to take this time to talk about our top five favorite TV dads. Uh, You know, a couple months ago, we did top five favorite TV moms for Mother's Day. This time for Father's Day, we're doing TV dads, of course. And to do that, I need help. Uh, She's a fellow podcaster, my co-host for the We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited podcast, which which will be returning soon, I promise. Uh, But more importantly, she's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Please welcome my guest, Kristen Halberg. That was a really intense introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that made me feel really good and really embarrassed all at the same time. Why would you feel embarrassed by that? Because you're one of my favorite people, too. (laughs) I'm excited. Yes, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's about time we did this. I mean, it's this podcast has been going on for over a year now. Mm -hmm. Um. But you've had a ton of stuff going on in your life. It's, I mean, it's one of the reasons why the Lost podcast kind of got put, you know, on the back burner for now. But I mean, on that topic, we've gotten a bunch of messages from people asking, like, what happened to the podcast? When is it coming back? And you're finally getting to a point where actually both of us are at a point now where we can start doing it again. Yes. And we're going to be hopefully making an announcement sometime really in the near future about yes. when that's going to be returning. Yes. I hope that we can get, get going on it again really soon. Yeah. Um, you know, we just needed, <laughs> I just needed to sell my house, sell all of my things, quit my job, have my son, have my husband retire from the Navy, uh, <laughs> disenroll my kids from school, start up uh, our life on the camper, and then we'll be fine. Well, I mean, but on top of all of that, we had to deal with the global pandemic. We had to deal with, election issues and like all this other world crazy stuff on top of your own personal world going right just as crazy and i don't know the last time that we even uh podcasted but i mean i used to have dogs and now i have cats like i like my whole life is just this weird alternate reality of its own it's been over a year since we've podcasted okay I, i know that for sure um, it's been over six months since we've even seen each other in person. I know, I know. But that was such a great day that I know yeah. we talked about making that a yearly tradition. I love that. And I hope we do. I Christmas in, in DC, man. Well, Just, bo- it was Boxing Day. Oh, it was Boxing Day. And that's, yeah. yeah, and it was wonderful. It was the day after Christmas yeah. in DC, which I hadn't been to since like sixth grade. So we went, we went into, we took the train into the city, me, you and your family. We took the train into the city. We went and saw all these different sites like Lincoln Memorial. and all I got followed places. by the, by the secret service. That's right. <laughs> right around the white house. You got yeah. followed by the secret service. I got followed by the secret service. <laughs> but we went to, we went to a great Italian family style restaurant, which was amazing. Carmine's. Carmine's. That was good. 
Um, that was so much food. So much food. Yeah, I ended up taking like three meals home. Yeah, well, three you meals know worth of food home. You could have probably eaten for a week with what. Oh, we I had ate left for over. like two or three more days. Yeah, it was a like comfortably ate, not not rationing out your food. Like comfortably had your fill and then put it back and done it again three more times. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was I was more than content just with the leftover tiramisu I brought home. <laughs> That was a, that was like a, it was like a tray of tiramisu. It was, a, it was like a pie. So anybody that's ever not, not been to Carmine's, it's like, it's this family style, uh, traditional Italian restaurant and their portions. I mean, we've all been to Buca di Beppo. So or a lot of people have been to Buca di Beppo. Buca di Beppo is probably like, you know, the Olive Garden version of what Carmine's is, you know, yeah. it's and just like the more budget friendly. And then what's the, there's an Asian version to not. I don't think it's Panda Express. Not Panda Express. Um, God, it's it's. Oh, I can't think of it. There's like a family style Asian restaurant chain too, and I can't remember what it is. Like oh oh, uh, PF Chang's. PF Chang's. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. That's good too. But at least their portions are like nice. Yes. Carmine's gives you enough for like a big Italian family. Well, I mean, that's what Italian families do. Right. That. But we're not, you know, a big Italian family. I've got two kids that eat like birds and then the three of us. <laughs> yes. I still remember. And I'll, I'll mention this and then we'll, we'll start getting into the stuff with the podcast. But I still remember one of my favorite things from that whole night was the fact that we ordered. We wanted we ordered the pasta and we ordered like chicken parm and then we got the tiramisu for dessert. But we wanted some kind of vegetable. So we ordered that big bowl of broccoli oh yeah and it came with lemon wedges and i just remember like dave and i like getting ready to dive in and as you're sitting there like you are proceeding to squeeze the lemon all over the broccoli (laughs) and as you do that dave and i just look at you like what are you doing and you're just like well we all like lemon on our broccoli right (laughs) (laughs) but i i had never had that before but i will tell you the truth I ended up loving it. I told it. It was really good. so good squeezing lemon on fresh steamed broccoli. Did, when you I've go to since then, when you go to a good restaurant and they give you something to use on the food, like use it on the food, just use it on the food. Don't 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 assume that you know better ever. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it was just so funny that Dave, your husband, and I looked at you like, "What are you doing?" And you're just like, "Well, we all like lemon on broccoli, right?" And, <laughs> As you're already squeezing the the broccoli. So if we didn't like it, we were out of luck. I'm used to making food decisions in my family. (laughs) That was a good I I run things around here, Ben. Come on. (laughs) That was a that was a great and I really do hope we get to make that like a yearly. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah, I hope so too. That'll be that'll be fun. Yeah. But I miss this. Like I miss getting the podcast with you. So I'm I'm excited for Lost to come back. Me too. Um, I'm excited for you to to join the Podcastica team again when House of the Dragon debuts on HBO. Yeah, um, that'll be fun. And I'm excited for this because you and I were gonna talk um TV dads. And I, and yes. we're gonna do a little bonus edition too. That after the break, when we come back, we're gonna talk about our top three least favorite. TV dads. We'll just call them worst dads. Worst TV dads. Worst dads ever. Yeah, We haven't done worst on the podcast before, so this is going to be interesting. This oh, might I'm lead, excited. This might lead into whole new episodes of the podcast. Where we talk oh, about fun. Animals. 
So, um, so yeah, so before we do that, obviously for anybody who's not familiar with the format of the show, neither Kristen nor myself have revealed any of our selections of our top five lists, uh, to each other as not to influence each other's choices. So at this point, I don't know any of Kristen's top five or top or least, uh, worst top three. Uh, and she doesn't know any of mine. Um, and as always with any podcast, there's always a chance of spoilers. So you have been warned. Uh, that said, let's dive into it and talk about our top five favorite TV dads. Uh, starting from five to one, I'll let you go first. Number five, what have you got? So I start. So I kind of looked at this as just making a list, and um, I, I, you'll see that my list has kind of a um, when I grew up kind of theme to it. Okay. You know, so. Uh, the first one that I have, or my number five, I guess, and I didn't do this in order. So I'm just kind of picking from my list of the one that I want to start with. And it's, it's, it's not a dad. It's uh, somebody who stepped up as a dad and it's uncle Phil from uh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And yeah, I, I, you know what? I'll just going to say this. He was my number four. Oh, so good. I, so I'm let's just combine them. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to move him to number five. Okay, great. And then this way we can talk about them together. I love that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Uncle Phil is our favorite grumpy judge from the 1990s. If anybody ever <laughs> watched the show, and I'm sure everybody out there has seen the show. And I'm not talking about, you know, whatever the new show is now. I'm talking about the Will Smith original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah. Uncle Phil, right? Um, and you know, he was always funny. He was always grumpy. He was always hating on his kids and will, and he always seemed like he hated his life. But when it really came down to it, uncle Phil was the best dad. He was there for his kids. He always wanted to be there for his, for his kids. And he stepped up for will and made him a man when he came into, when Will came into that house as this joke of a boy, and, you know, you, you see this evolution between the two, um, between the two characters and how they just become more and more bonded. And then, um, and of course, you know, there's the iconic, the iconic episode that we all remember. Yep. Why doesn't, why doesn't he love me? Um, you know, when Will's dad had left him again and he's just sitting there and he's trying to stay strong about it. And uncle Phil was just there for him in just such a real way. And he, and he loved him in that moment. And that's, I think the moment that uncle Phil became Will's father. Like that, that, both. That, yeah. And that episode, I don't even have to watch that whole episode. I just can think just about watch it. that clip or even just thinking about it. Yeah. Like I don't think there's a time I have ever watched that clip and not gotten choked up. I got choked up talking about it. Yeah. But I mean, I, but I also want to correct you on one thing, too, where you like where you said, like, he is somebody who stepped up as a dad. He is actually a father. I mean, you know, with right. Carlton and and Ashley and uh, what's the daughter's name? Um, I can't remember the other daughter. The Mind middle. your business. Mind your business. <laughs> well, that's Ashley. Oh, 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 um, oh. Um, Oh shoot! What was her name? Yeah, I I can't um, I can't start with a V, didn't it? No, that was no. Vivian was the wife. Vivian, um, Tori, Tori. Oh, it's gonna bug me. Well, now we have to look it up. Yeah, but I mean, it, I I agree with you completely. Um, Hillary, Hillary. Hillary. Was the, wow, was the yeah. we were way off. Um, 
Yeah. You know what? You're right. He was, but I don't think that he was really a present father before Will Smith came before Will came to their house. You know, they were all kind of doing their Bel Air thing where they all had their own separate lives and, you know, they had a Butler and they had the mom and, you know, Carlton was this kind of douchey dude. And Hillary was a spoiled princess that really got whatever she wanted as long as she just like kind of looked pretty and stayed quiet. And it was kind of like they needed Will to show up and show them like they they could be a family as well. That's, so that's a really good point. I never really looked at it that way. In that, you know, yes, Uncle Phil stepped up to be a father to Will, um, but I never looked at it in that sense that their family would be completely different if Will never showed up. They would have mm-hmm. just continued on that way, and Ashley probably would have ended up a lot like Hillary. Yeah. But she was the most down to earth of all three of Philip's kids. And that's probably because Will showed up when she was really young. Mm -hmm. So I had it that way, had an impact on the whole family. I mean, it had such an impact on the family that the mom like totally changed about midway through. Yeah. I mean, and and (sighs) another episode, I know it's, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, and another episode that always sticks out to me too, is to, as a prime example of what you mentioned about how Phil always like when it came down to it, like he he became the Papa Bear and he stepped up. Yeah. Um, and another episode that I, I always think of, too, is the episode where uh, Will and Carlton got hustled at the pool hall. Oh, yeah. And Carlton, oh, I forgot about that episode. And they call Phil to come in and he hustles the dude back. Mm-hmm. And like that was Phil stepping up for yeah. not only Carlton, but for Will. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't he was also not afraid to to give it to Will when he really needed, you know, that shot of extra tough love. I mean, he's Mr. Tough Love, right? Like he was always just not impressed with anybody at any given time. But, you know, when um, when Carlton took Will's speed pills and yeah. almost died or when will got shot at the atm or i mean there's oh, I forgot about that there's just so many moments where you know you really see how much this this man evolved as um as a father as a man as a judge even you know so yeah he's in my he's definitely in my top 5 for sure yeah he was like i said he was my number 4 but i'm i'm going to bump him to my number 5 just so we could we can kind of combine I love it. On that one. There was yeah. no way he could not. I mean, when, when I put these lists together, there are always, you know, like one or two that absolutely stick out that from the moment I come up with the topic, I'm like, well, this one has to be on my list and this one has to be on my list. Let me look into the other ones. And my number one was already determined. Like I knew who my number one was going to be. I knew who my number two was going to be. But I also knew that Phil Banks, Philip Banks had to be somewhere on this list uncle phil yep so so what's uh, yours well like i said that i i philip is going to be my number five as well okay so um he was my number four not to say i don't think he does he should be higher on my list You're but right. he needed to be i'm just swapping him one spot just to for the sake of conversation right <laughs> um so then with that said, let's do number four. Who's but, number four on your list? No, what's number four? What's your new number four? Well, we'll get to that after you. We go okay. back and forth. All right. All right. <laughs> we go back and forth. All right. Well, okay. So my number four is actually, um, it. <laughs> it's Schmidt from New Girl. I 
Oh, yeah. He becomes a dad. He becomes the best dad. He, anybody who watches New Girl knows that the character of Schmidt is driven by his brand, by his identity is work and what he does. And, and you know, marketing is just that from, from the very first episode, he identifies himself by what he does for a living, by how much money he's making, by wearing the right clothes and, and talking to the right people and having which the right girl business is on cards. His arm which, and, exactly. Yeah. He, and then in season, in the last season, I think it was season seven, seven seasons, right? Yes. Yeah. I just press shuffle. Um, Me too. And so, <laughs> and so you get to season seven and it's three years later, they do a, a bit of a time jump in between season six and season seven. And Schmidt has become a dad and he has a three-year-old. And not only has he become a dad, but he has quit his job. He has had his entire life revolve around his Ruth Bader, Ruth Bader, Parik Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they have this incredibly tight relationship. Oh, and it's six seasons, six seasons, by the way. And that's okay. Yeah. They have this incredibly tight, 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 tight bond with each other. Um, she's growing up and, and she's just spunky as Cece, but she's also just as, uh, as why, uh, silly as Schmidt. I don't know. Like Schmidt, Schmidt's my all time favorite TV character of all time. So if I can sneak him onto any list, I, I will like the <laughs> Schmidt Which is- just, which is funny, too, because I remember when when you kept getting me like you kept asking me, have you watched New Girl yet? Have you watched yeah. New Girl yet? And then I finally got into it. I It took me a while to get into it because I didn't like Schmidt in the oh, beginning. Wait, I love him so much. And then <laughs> I think within like season two, I really I think I started to kind of understand Schmidt's character because mm-hmm. he came across very douchey and very obnoxious. And then I think by like the second season, I started to really kind of understand Schmidt's character a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm kind of digging him a little bit more. I kind of like him a little bit more. And mm-hmm. then I ended up loving the show by the end. And Schmidt as well. I think Max Greenfield is fantastic. Well, I just, I love what he did you know, in being a dad, just because like, like with the birthday parties, he just needed, he took all of the things that he had learned from marketing and advertising and like his job. And he turned it like, he just morphed it into stay at home dad. Like when he planned the parties, he, it just had to be the exact right party. And, you know, that goes back to when uh, Schmidt used to plan his theme rebranded parties, the Tinfinity for him and Nick, or uh, his rebrand of the theme Danger when he was doing the fire, the fire <laughs> show. You know, um, you know, Schmidt goes in on everything, one hundred and fifty percent, and it's mm-hmm. just it was so fun to see him as a dad. And I would have loved to have seen him like a spinoff show with just him and Cece being like Parents. raising their kids that yeah. to me, that's, I mean, it's awesome. So he was definitely uh number four for sure. Um, just because I, I just love how in it he was. And with, um, you know, when, with the preschools, he wanted, he wanted, um, Ruth to be in the right preschool, the best preschool out there. But when it came right down to it, he, stopped and he asked his daughter where do you want to go and she wanted to go to the one with the chicken you know with i the remember that episode with the with the dirty <laughs> yep. hose water and he's like okay well that's what we're gonna do then you know yeah. so as as much as he wanted to have his own design on parenthood he knew to let his daughter have 
her own voice and her own opinions and to respect them. And, you know, that's just all the good signs of a dad. Yeah. I had a feel. I don't know why I didn't think that Schmidt would end up on this list because I mean, it doesn't like it doesn't happen until the last season of the show that he does in fact become a father. So mm-hmm. I guess for some reason I didn't think about that. I didn't think about Schmidt being a father, but it's a great choice. Yeah. Thank you. Is, is Schmidt number four. <laughs> um, my number four is in kind of in a similar sense to, to, uh, to Phil from um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, this this individual is somebody who um, was a father at one time and unfortunately lost his child and then stepped up to be the father of another person. Um, He is my favorite character on this series. I went with Jim Hopper from Stranger Things. Okay, so I have Jim Hopper as well. So yeah, we... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hopper is... And I'm not going to talk anything about season four of Stranger Things because I don't want to. There are people out there who haven't seen it yet, um, including myself. I am actually waiting until the last two episodes drop before I start. You're insane, but okay. I know. I know I am. (laughs) Um, But I've avoided all spoilers at this point of good for you. You are social. You you are on all the socials. So good for you. Although the only thing I did find out that I overwhelmingly is that a lot of people are saying that episode four, which is dear Billy Mm -hmm. is overwhelmingly the best episode of the season. So, but I don't know because I don't know anything about it. I just, I have a feeling because the title of the episode is dear Billy that it has to do with max. Um, So, but I don't want to, I've avoided looking at anything. um, I mean, I have all sorts of opinions on that sentence, but I'm, you know, we'll just, Okay, I'll stay blank faced and we'll Fair just enough. go. So we'll talk about Jim Hopper seasons one through three. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we so, all know we all know that by the trailers that Hopper survives, which um, what? I, right. <laughs> um, because, you know, it is left kind of you're led to believe that Hopper dies at the end of season three. And even though I at the end of season three, I remember watching that uh-huh. finale and I'm like, yeah, it was the post credits. There's a post-credit season at the end of season three when they're in Russia and they were they were dragging some Hopper. guy and it said the American or they talked about the American that was in the cell at the very end of in a Russian jail. That was absolutely. Oh, I don't remember that part because I did just um, I did just rewatch seasons one through three and I forgot. There's yeah, it. there's that last little scene. It's like a Marvel think, extra scene. I think I stopped the moment the episode ended because I didn't want Netflix to go right into season four. Oh yeah. So I okay. forgot about that. But re- regardless, um, yeah. But Hop- we're, we're talking about him as a dad, <laughs> which he absolutely steps up to become Elle's father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is unfortunate that he he did have a daughter who was sick and his daughter passed away. Um, you know, and then he did, he, he stepped up to take the, take on the responsibility of being a father figure for, for 11 mm-hmm. and I, it, the situation to step up and be a father figure to somebody who is kind of abandoned and live, you know, you've, you haven't known for a long period of time is already one thing, but now you step up and you're taking on that role to somebody like 11 who has all these abilities and this backstory to her that you've learned that she was basically an experiment. And like, that's a challenge in itself. Well, she was feral. I mean, 
basically lack of a better word. She was a feral child. Yes. And I think that his choice to live in the woods, (laughs) deep in the woods in that cabin together was probably the best way to kind of bring her into. Yeah. It it was a great way to kind of transition her into, into a normal life. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what the word there is. Transition her to what, you know, like he domesticated her. Like that sounds terrible. It sounds terrible, but it's kind of true. I mean, I know, but I just hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like he allowed her connections to the outside world, but not too much to overwhelm her. Mm -hmm. Like everything he was doing was something that he felt was the right way to do this. But as somebody who's never done this before, this is all, new territory for him but i love that you know especially throughout season three when like she's dating when Elle is dating mike and you know there's the whole mall situation like i i love i love the fact that even though she was this feral person this feral child that's come into this world and he's stepping up there are still actual fatherly things that happen like keeping the door open when they're in the bedroom together yes, yes. um you know and 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 things like that. Like it's still, it makes me smile. Well, like, I, I, and he does like the whole threatening of the boyfriend thing when he yeah. has the conversation with Mike in the truck and everything. It's just, Oh uh, yeah, that was great. That uh, was great. And when he like, when he comes, when he goes into the, the convenience store to see, um, uh, to, to see Will's mom, I can't remember her name now. Joyce. Joyce. That's it. Yeah. Joyce Byers. Um, when he goes in to see Joyce, he's all happy because he thinks he's doing the right thing. And it leads to a whole bunch of other stuff happening. But my he, favorite was when he had the index cards. <laughs> he, was trying, yes. he was trying to practice what he was going to say with index cards. You know, but I mean, like I I have an almost 11 year old daughter right now. And I got to tell you, sometimes I wish that we we like wrote it all down on index cards, too. Like this is a real weird age, like that whole tween puberty hormone fueled what is happening with the child that I have kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I think he handled it really well. Like he was totally a dad. Sorry. I stepped on you. I no, no. remember the we're, index cards. And <laughs> we're kind of sharing this point anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, but I love that also in the end, like, yes, he does survive it as we have found out. But at that point in time, he didn't think he was going to, he right. was making the sacrifice because it meant protecting L as well as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he was willing to make the sacrifice to make sure that she was safe. And even throughout everything, there are those moments where he kind of, he doesn't know where she's at. He's assuming she's at home, but in the mid midst of everything that's happening he gets on that radio just to talk to her mm-hmm. just in the case that she's listening right he doesn't even know for sure that she is right right yeah well i mean and then you know you you look at which is obviously a beautiful relationship between jim and um 11 but we see significant flashbacks of him being a dad while his daughter is sick and going through that entire process. And it's heartbreaking. And he stays by her side and he loves her unconditionally. And he goes into the hallway to cry his brains out. And then he comes back to be strong for his daughter. So, you know, you just, you see kind of how he was as a dad and to be that devoted of a father and then to lose 
everything, including the mother of his child as well. And then he gets this second chance with 11. You know, there's something really beautiful about that whole arc and how he takes it on no matter what. And it just shows what a good man he is. Well, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, not only the heart, but the strength to do that, because who would want to subject themselves to that possibly happening again? Especially with somebody who has been targeted mm-hmm. and who could very well die at any moment. With... Or at least be taken away from him. Right. Yeah. I mean, there there's so many wild cards when it comes to Eleven and her stability in his life. And he still wants it anyways. And when you see the, the birth certificate, you know, that he has, mm-hmm. that he gets for her and she's officially Jane Hopper. That is so, so great. You know, it's so cool. And it just solidifies them as a father daughter, um, as a father daughter unit. And I remember leaving season three, just hoping to see them together again. So, yeah, which I'm, I'm sure I, again, you've seen season four so far. I haven't, so I don't know. Which, Which is where, why I'm talking about my feelings after watching season, season three. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, this is an incredibly difficult conversation that I'm having right now. <laughs> to not spoil anything. <laughs> so, well, season, the last two episodes drop on July 1st, I think. Four hours of content. I know two hours a piece. Well, I'm so excited. Of, well, each of these season, each of these episodes were at least an hour Nine, and 10 minutes. 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which they're like all mini movies, which is great. So I was a teacher, I was a teacher um, all year at a middle school. And so usually Dave and I like to take our time with, with, you know, stuff that's dropped like this on Netflix. And we had to binge it all in one weekend because I knew that when I went into work on Monday, people were going to be talking about it. So I had to, and I was just like, I'm so sorry that we have to do this, but it was fine. (laughs) I'll, I'll probably be starting a couple days before those those episodes drop just so I can give myself a little bit of time um, to watch. But yeah, I didn't I purposely waited because I didn't I wanted to be able to do the whole the whole thing. Yeah. So. um, All right. So then I guess that's going to be my number three then, because you said Jim Hopper was also on Mm -hmm. your list. All right. So then. okay, so we've got three of yours down with two left. So that means my number three, my number three. Uh, is uh, I'm just gonna say it. It's Johnny Rose from Schitt's Creek. Oh my gosh, that's such a good one. But he's also kind of terrible. <laughs> he, well, I mean, in the beginning, you know what? State your case. <laughs> he, in the beginning, he's kind of terrible. But one of the things I love about Johnny Rose is that this is such a dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when you look at the cast of people that played these characters, you know, Eugene Levy was Johnny Rose. Uh, Catherine O'Hara was Moira. Like the fact that out of this entire cast of people in this show that Eugene Levy is the straight man cracks me up because yeah. he's usually not like he's right. usually that over the top character. Um, I mean, and this actually, if you think about it, I don't, I don't know why I didn't think of, it's, it's a movie, not a television series, which is why it didn't come up. He also plays another great dad when he plays Jim's father in the American pie movies. He de- Oh, he's such a good dad in the, like catching him with the pie and I, having an honest conversation with, yeah. I mean, Good on you, buddy. <laughs> I mean, again, that's one of the reasons why he didn't come up is because that's movies and not television. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
I just I love you're right. He's kind of a, a horrible person, but only in the beginning. And even in the beginning, I think it's more a misunderstanding than anything else, because once he realizes once I think Johnny finally realizes the situation that they're in, he does kind of step up to make sure things go right for his family. He's, well, we learned that he was a really good businessman. He was an incredibly good businessman. Right. It wasn't an accident that he was so successful and rich and like had let it get to his head. No, he was a really, really good uh, businessman. So yeah, go on. Sorry. I but I mean, even, even at the same time, like, like he's incredibly supportive of David in his lifestyle and who he chooses to be with. He's he never once does he question anything about David's lifestyle. He is always 100% behind both of his kids. Mm-hmm. They make mistakes along the way, but he also be kind of steps up to be the kind of father that allows his kids to make the mistakes that they're going to make. And then is there for them to help them recover from yeah. the mistakes, which is in my opinion is actually one of a, is a great way to father children is you, you can't coddle them and not allow them to make the mistakes because they're never going to learn. In that yeah. Sense. And you know what? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, cause I've only gone through the show once. Um, but didn't the one slip up that I feel that he really did. He had, he had two slip ups. Uh, but the, one of the weird slip ups that he had was when he wasn't really supportive of David and his um, general store business idea. Like he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right about that. I only watched the season one time through, but I've watched random episodes mm-hmm. since then. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think you're right, but I think that was more probably because he didn't see David as the businessman that he was, and, and I also think it was because David was approaching business different than Johnny was so johnny didn't think what david was doing was going to work he didn't understand that david had to do things his own way and david ended up being incredibly successful at the same time but that's also a really good point also is that you know as much as david had evolved as you know doing business a different way he still learned from watching his father no doubt and the fact that johnny rose was able to um to be proud of what his son had achieved um and he came around on getting to know his kids. I mean, he didn't know his kids before the fall, right? The quote unquote fall of the Rose empire. Right. Mm-hmm. So now that they're in, in this town, you know, they all got to know each other, which, you know, he finally did get to see David, not as a joke, but as somebody who is worthy of owning a business and having real adult conversations with, um, and la, 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 Alexis, sorry, <laughs> just, I can't. That song that she sings when she was like a fake pop star was just the funniest thing in the whole world. <laughs> but like, you know, and how supportive he is and watching her grow and the you're you're absolutely right. He's everything he did was for his family once he got out of his own way. Well, and I yeah, and and that's exactly it. Like I think very similar very similarly to to Philip Banks the lifestyle they were living, he was kind of absent. Like he, mm-hmm. he was kind of blind to a lot of different things that were going on because they had the means that he didn't really have to pay attention to it. But mm-hmm. once they were taken out of that situation, like Phil was taken out of that situation because now he had another person living in the house that wasn't a child of his own. 
Johnny Rose was taken out of that situation kind of because it was ripped away from them and they got forced to live below their means. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until that happened that Johnny kind of took a look at everything. He took a, he took a look at Moira. He took a look at David and Alexis and he saw what his family had truly become. Mm -hmm. And at that point he kind of stepped up to be like, I have to fix this family. It's never directly said I have to fix the family, but that's kind of what it ended up to be. But I want to say at the same time, in addition to all of that, too, I love the fact that Johnny also kind of stepped up to be the father for Stevie. Like he became a father figure for Stevie as well. He did. He totally did. He became a lot of people's kind of um, confident, you know, in that town. You know, he just he had so much love to give. And I don't even I think it took even him by surprise, you know, and he was in a town with a lot of people that were really willing to receive that love. And so he got he got a lot of practice, a lot of, you know, what what Dave calls um, getting your reps in. Right. If you don't know how to do something, you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And if you haven't done it for years and years, you know, go find other people to father until you get it right somewhere, you know. Yeah, I still I still think I I still remember my first time watching that series. Um, And I think you and I have talked about this before, too. Like, I remember really enjoying season one and really getting into it in season two. But I remember and I've talked to a number of people about this. And all I have to do is just say the season two finale and they know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. That was the best episode of the series. The season two finale. I just remember the end of that show, the end of that episode when they're all having dinner and it's the shits and it's the roses with their friends from out of town and yeah. they're insulting the town and they step up and come to like Roland's defense and the town's defense. And then they go to that barn party yeah. and they dance together as a family. I just remember watching that episode and being, I love this show. Like the this show is, yep. th- like this episode is what this show is really about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, <laughs> I totally agree with you. I just, I'm thinking about the moment when, uh, when, when, uh, when Johnny Rose realizes that his son isn't gay, he's pansexual. And for some reason he had a real rough time swallowing that one. (laughs) He just, he was, he's just like, he was drunk with Roland, I guess at like some outdoor barbecue restaurant or something like that. And he's like, I mean, I'm fine with him being gay. I mean, but at least that's just one direction. And now you're telling me it could be anything. <laughs> it's just great. Yeah, that's just that's I Johnny Rose had to be on my list when I was going through when I was thinking of other TV dads. I got to I got to Shit's Creek and I'm like, yeah, like Johnny's just like he's it's kind of dysfunctional in some ways, but he he does the job. Yeah. And that's what makes him a great TV dad. This is what makes anybody a good dad is just showing up and doing you know, the job. Yeah. Show up. Well, that leads us to our top two, or in your case, the two that are left on your yeah. list. No, I, I have a few more in for honorable mention. Well, yeah, I have a couple. As we've been talking, I, I've written down a couple more and I'm like, oh, that one. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, honorable, like I said, honorable mentions, we'll go through really quickly, but yeah. um, we still have two more on the top five list. So number two, what have we got? So number two is a little strange because it's not just one person. Um, and I, wa- I wanted to choose 
Danny Tanner from Full House. When you said not one person, I had a feeling this is where you were going. Yeah, but it wasn't just Danny Tanner. It was Danny Tanner. It was Uncle Jesse. It was Uncle Joey, Joey Gladstone, Jesse Kutsopoulos, and Danny Tanner. Those three men, when everything went wrong for Danny's daughters, Danny's three daughters, um, they all stepped up. They moved it like Jesse and Joey moved into that house. They stopped their entire lives to be home um, or to be in Danny's Danny's home. And Danny didn't have to you know, quit his job. He didn't have to stop being a dad. He had that support network and he had that help. And Jesse and Joey, they didn't know anything about kids. They knew nothing about mm-hmm. kids. That was very apparent. In, in, in the early episodes, but the, the three of those dads and the three of those girls became for me, such a strong family unit to really inspire to be, you know, I mean, I, I, I grew up, I, so Stephanie Tanner is my age, uh, Jody Sweeten. So we're both, well, I started watching the show when I was her age. And so it was just so great to see these three guys that just, would sit down on the ca- on the bed at the end of the episode and have that moment where you learn the lesson of the episode. But it wasn't just Danny. It wasn't just Jesse. It wasn't just Joey. It was either all three of them or a combination of them. But you always knew that those girls had support and they had a parent figure there for them. And so I don't think it's fair to pick any one of those men because I think that they're all deserving of that spot of being just the best collective TV dad possibly ever with the exception of my number one. No, that's a, that's a really good point. I have, I have Danny Tanner on, he's in my honorable mentions list. Um, But you're absolutely right. When you look back and you look at that show, yeah, Joey and Jesse were doing just as much of the work as Danny was, mm-hmm. if, if not in some ways more, because like like you said, Danny still had to go to the work, go to work. He still had to go to the studio every day and, and do his job so that he could keep food on the table mm-hmm. for the three girls. So when he wasn't there, Joey and Jesse stepped up to do the other work. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. It's the three of them to get not to take anything away from Danny. Mm-hmm. But the three of them together are what held that family together. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because you have Danny and it, I mean, if it had just been like a nanny and Danny Tanner and those three girls, you know, they probably wouldn't have caught all the stuff that, you know, Joey and Jesse probably saw that Danny didn't see because of their different personality backgrounds or their rocker moments or, Mm -hmm. you know, their silly moments. Um, and so they were able to use all of their life experience and being present. Um, and it, it wasn't a job for them. It was, you know, it was true, um, unconditional love, you know? And so that, that, I mean, all of my best TV memories when I was a kid comes from watching full house. Mm-hmm. So. No. And I, yeah. And I get it. That's it's a, it's a great choice. Like I said, not taking anything away from Danny Tanner, putting him on my honorable mentions and my, not my top five. Yeah. Um, he's still an amazing TV dad and he, he deserves to be recognized as do Joey and Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things that made it so heartbreaking when Bob Saget passed away early this year is that because like you, so many people looked at him as the ultimate TV dad. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, Joey and Jesse were also 
just as much there as which is which I think is one of the reasons why um um uh Bob Saget and oh my god um what is Jesse's real name um John Stamos John Stamos sorry yeah god um they became best friends in real life mm-hmm. you know so and it was it was through that show and through that connection of those characters that they became real life best friends right. they became like brothers in real life so no that's a good choice and i had a feeling um i was hoping at least one of us would put it in their top 5 oh yeah yeah that that was a guarantee so how about you so my number two, you know, very similar to the same way that you looked at Danny Tanner and you kind of emulated that family life like when you were little and that's kind of what you wanted. That's kind of what my number two is. Oh, good. Um, my number two, the the, the opposite I, side of this was in my top five for TV moms. So he has to be in my uh, my top five for TV dads. Uh, I went with Tim, the tool man, Taylor. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> of course I did. Home Improvements is still to this day one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. But as I mentioned in the top five TV moms episode, Tim and Jill, when I was younger and I was growing up, this was the family that I wanted like this was the family like this was the kind of husband i wanted to be with the wife that i wanted with the relationship with the kids that he had like the kind of father that was stern when he needed to be and dealed out the punishment when it needed to be done but when it wasn't that time they were pranking each other they were joking with each other they were fooling around with each other like it was just a lovable household yeah and Tim, to me, I still watch Home Improvement to this day and I still laugh. doesn't matter how many times I've seen those episodes. Like, I just, I still adored that whole family bubble. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put Jill in my top five TV moms without putting Tim in Absolutely. my top five TV dads. Mm-hmm. He, if not for one other person, which is my number one, yeah, he would have, it, it's close. He could have been in that number one spot, but my number one is somebody who I've discovered actually more recently, which is probably why they're number one now and not Tim, but that doesn't take anything away from Tim. Right. And that's, that's the same thing with Danny Tanner for me, right? The same thing with the full house dads. Um, And it's so funny because they're from a very similar time period in life, you know? And I think that it's like that whole nostalgia. Although I think uh, home improvement, came out in the nineties. Yes. And full house came out in the eighties. Yes. Yeah. You know, like 1986. But, at, but at the same time too, I want to say that just similarly to the relationship he had with his three boys in home improvement. I also kind of think that Mike Baxter from last man standing would kind of, it would be a Tim, it would be a, Tim Taylor slash Mike Baxter, because it's still Tim Allen. It's still that same family relationship, except now it's um, his wife is Vanessa and he has three girls mm-hmm. instead of three boys. Okay. Um, the only thing, the only reason why I didn't put Mike Baxter with Tim Allen or with Tim Taylor is because Last Man Standing, while just as great, and I think in many ways, in some ways, even superior than Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Baxter's character was a little more could be at times overly political, mm-hmm. which was kind of a reflection of Tim Allen mm-hmm. rather than just where home improvement was a reflection of his standup. Yeah. 
uh, Last Man Standing was more a reflection in some ways of his actual beliefs. It's a reason why I don't watch the show. Which, I mean, again, is totally fine. I'm able to separate the actor from the, the project. No, no. I mean, I, I know that the show itself has a lot of conservative ideals. Yes. Yeah. It, written into the show. That's why it's, I don't care. Like Tim, Tim Taylor, what, what's his real name? Tim Allen. Tim Allen. <laughs> Tim Allen's hilarious and he's wonderful. But I, if I don't want to watch the subject matter, I don't have to. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. that's perfectly fine. I still watched it. And it, actually, it wasn't even until a little bit later into the show that, okay. those, I, that those things started coming in. But at the same time, I also in a little bit of defense of the show, not to make you watch it, but while his character, Mike Baxter, had those conservative ideals yeah. at times, his wife and his kids were kind of they projected the, the opposite other side direction. They projected the opposite. So while his character reflected on his real life, the show itself still wrote in the other side of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were characters that were very liberal and stuff. So they they did do both sides. But of course, they just made Tim. They made Mike Baxter the conservative because that's what that's what Tim Allen is. Mm -hmm. So but again, back to it. Tim, the tool man, Taylor. One of my all time and probably forever will be one of that's my all time favorite dads. That's such a great choice. That's such a great choice. Yeah, I totally forgot about that show. I totally forgot about all of that. But yeah, I have a lot of memories tied to that show as well. Yeah. He was he he is a good TV dad for sure. That's a great 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 trip. Great choice. <laughs> I have uh, no 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 words today. That's all right. Uh, but we have one left in our top five for top five favorite TV dads. So number one, what's Jack? Your Pearson. Oh, I have Jack God, of Pearson. It's Jack Pearson. And if it's and, and if and if anybody, I'll fight somebody on this. You don't like anybody who watches this show. Okay. If you don't watch This Is Us, then you don't know. And I forgive you for yeah, it. But I don't watch This Is Us, so if I don't you know. Watch This Is Us. And Jack Pearson isn't your favorite TV dad ever, then I question your heart. I really question your heart because oh my gosh, every part of Jack. Pearson when so Jack Pearson is shown largely in flashbacks in the show and he is just this almost mythical father you know like he just everything he did was for his kids he was unapologetic about it everything he did I mean this is a man that and it's set up in the very first episode this is a man that he marries the love of his life after being um, after coming back from the Vietnam War, and he's got a lot of PTSD from the Vietnam War, but he is determined to make something of himself. He comes from an abusive, alcoholic father, and his um, his brother is kind of out to lunch, um, and his mom won't leave the dad, and he just leaves determined to rewrite his story. And he finds this woman who he is just head over heels in love with Rebecca. And the two of them get married. They get pregnant with triplets. They go to the hospital. They lose one of the babies. Only two of them are born. And in tandem, what happens is that there is another baby that is dropped off at the fire station or not the fire station, the hospital after, um, after, well, and that story is different, but this baby shows up at the hospital and is laying right next to the two uh, twins. And he takes that one home as well. And now he has his triplets and 
you know, there's a whole lot of story that goes with, with that one decision, right? But he makes their lives the best he possibly can. He works himself to the bone. He hides anything from them that isn't something that is positive or wonderful or um, positive or wonderful or, or just, you know, doing the absolute best that you can. And that like, he has this message for all of his kids. He has, he's got wonderful singular relationships with each one of the, each one of the triplets. And he makes it his business to get in their business. He takes each of their strengths and he wants to just make sure that they get everything that they need to be as successful at what they want to be at for them and not for him. And, you know, he, um, jumps into a burning house to save the dog. I mean, anybody that hasn't seen the show, I I don't want to reveal too much just because it is such a fantastic show. Um, I haven't seen the last season just because I've been too busy to watch new TV. Um, But, oh my gosh, is he just... Even even 40 years later, his children are passing on his traditions that he started in their own families. Um, every, everything that they do is with Jack Pearson in mind. Every, everything that they are is because of Jack Pearson. And it doesn't hurt that he's like a really good looking dad, too. Like super duper good looking dad. But he's perfect. He's perfect. He is perfect. I, I, I okay no I I totally I, again I don't watch this as us it's on my list to get to eventually yeah um because I I know of so many people that actually do love this show and I like I the older I get the more I like emotional television like a, a show that will get me emotional whether it's happy or sad like I actually enjoy that kind of stuff then now, this is your show. That's and that's what I've been told before, too. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've also like it, I, I know it's kind of become a joke, but like, isn't he like killed by a crockpot or something? Don't reveal. Don't say whether or not I'm right. I know there's some kind of like house fire that's because of a malfunctioning crockpot or something, but whatever. But no, I mean, I know a lot of people who would probably agree with you about Jack Pearson. I'm sure that everybody, anybody that loves Jack Pearson like I do and knows that I was saving and hadn't heard it yet in my top five (laughs) knew that Jack Pearson would be like Jill, Jill. I know if you're listening that that one was for you because I know that you were like number one, Jack Pearson. (laughs) So, no, that's a That's a good choice. I mean, again, I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list to watch. So uh, hopefully when I get to that point, I will. We'll be having conversations about it. About yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> so, so. Uh, well, I guess that leads me to my number one. Yes. Which I don't have nearly as much to say about as you oh, did, sorry. Jack Pierce. No, it's totally fine. I'm sorry. Um, this was a show that I started watching when it first came on and I kind of fell out of it. And then it wasn't until a couple months ago that I basically binged through all 11 seasons of the show. I think it's 11. Uh, my number one is Phil Dumphy from Modern Family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a good dad. <laughs> he is, in my opinion, he is the one character 
more than any other character. I loved every character on that show. There was not one character I did not like from the parents to the kids. There was not one character on the show I did not like. But Phil Dunphy, the sass that Lily had is amazing. But Phil Dunphy made Ty Burrell made me laugh more times than (laughs) anybody else on that show. (laughs) He is such he is basically me as a dad. Like he is goofy. He's he comes up with these weird, crazy inventions that he wants to market. But at the same time, like he's he's doing the real inner school. But, you know, like and and I'm talking a lot about like the goofiness and the hysteria, the hilarity that comes with him as a father. But at the same time, like he is another one of those that when it came down to it, Papa Bear stepped up and came out when it came to his kids, Mm -hmm. Haley in particular. I mean, there was there's one scene in particular where I remember one episode in particular where she's dating an older guy, like a jean salesman or something like that. And Phil does not like this guy at all. And he really is worried about him. And then when they leave together, he goes to bat and says, I'm not letting my daughter leave with somebody like this. And I'm paraphrasing the whole episode. Mm -hmm. And Haley actually happens to see and hear Phil talk about this. And it makes Haley realize how much Phil actually cares as a father. But when you look at, I remember that scene, when you look at the, the, the dysfunction of his kids, because Haley's a college dropout. You've, you've got um, his son who is just dumb as a bag of dicks. (laughs) I wasn't going to say dicks, but okay. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. Are we not? Is this a, is this a clean? No, clean it's, show? it's not a clean show at all. So okay. I mean, you, you can say it. Um, but you know, like Claire is, he has a trophy of a wife in Claire because Claire is incredibly beautiful. She's She's incredibly smart. She's business savvy because she gets it from her father, Jay, you know, um, but you have, you have Haley, you have Alex, you have Luke, who could not be three different kids in in the sense and he he goes with it every step yeah. of the way <laughs> um you know and at the same time like he is a friend to his brother-in-law Mitchell and Cameron like he he to me he is just in my opinion he's one of the greatest TV dads that I've ever seen and I that the he was immediately, like I said, Phil Dunphy and Tim Taylor were the two that I knew had to be top of my list. It was just a matter of which position were they going to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I love, I love Phil Dunphy. He's great. <laughs> I still go back and, and like, like you with new girl, I will go into modern family and just hit shuffle. That's, that's a good one. And I will just watch. Cause I, like I said, I binged through, all 11 250 episodes that's so many episodes 11 seasons and i i binged it i think in two months which was crazy that's a lot of television it was a lot but i still did it so you still loved it <laughs> I, and i loved every second of it and yeah I right just, like from him wanting to be a magician to an inventor yeah. like he had all these aspirations of being somebody different but no matter what those aspirations were, he never gave up the day job because he knew it put food on the table and he never gave up being a dad. 
like that was, if anything, he included his kids in his aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oh, what a great choice. Great choice. Number one, Phil Dunphy, Modern Family had to. That's awesome. Um, Number one, Jack Pearson. Always. (laughs) Um, Before we go to break, let's take, let's knock out a couple uh, honorable mentions for these. And we'll go through these pretty quickly. What's some of the ones that you have on your list? So one that I have was on my original top five, but I bumped him because it was just way too controversial. But um, Heathcliff Huxtable. Heathcliff Huxtable is on my honorable mentions too. Again, being able to separate the actor from the, the role. If you separate Bill Cosby from playing Cliff Huxtable, Cliff Huxtable is an amazing father. Oh my gosh. He, he was number one worthy. He's number one worthy. Yeah. It's just hard to watch the show. It's hard to think about the show without thinking about everything that he did on that set. It's just, it's, it's difficult. It is. Um, I agree. Which is why he has been bumped from number one <laughs> to honorable <laughs> mentions um, because he was, he had, what a great dad. I mean, he and talk about somebody who could be goofy with the kids, but also he brought down the hammer when he needed to. And he, you know, those kids were successful and they were um and they were family oriented and they were all there for each other. And a lot of that has to do with Dr. Heathcliff Huxtable. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched that show every single weekend. I, I watched every- reruns of it when it was in. Syndication. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen that show. So the, the scene when when Theo gets his ear pierced and they're on the couch <laughs> and he keeps leaning over and the, direction. the same direction over and over. It's one of the funniest scenes ever. ever. I, I still remember one of my favorite moments of that show is when Theo wants to drop out of school and go out on his own. So Cliff gives him the monopoly money to yeah. to figure out what his life is. Yeah. And when he has a couple of dollars left, he's like, you plan to have a girlfriend? He's like, of course. And he just takes the rest takes of the money. The money. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like in addition to being a great father to his three kids and a great husband to Claire, like he was a great son to his own parents at the same time. Those anniversary episodes. Five kids. Did I say three? Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't even say I read. I, I maybe I was. I was. Still, I think I was still thinking Phil Dunphy. That's okay. Um, but he was a great son to his own parents too. Those anniversary episodes when they would do the lip syncing to like Motown music, yeah, were some of my favorite episodes. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. I mean, just I I love that whole family, the whole Huxtable family. I just you know you like I said, like we grew up on that. That was the show that we grew up on was the Cosby show. And for it to be tarnished in the way that it is makes me really sad. But he is one of the all time, if not the all time best dad. So I I just I know we were supposed to go quick through the honorable mentions, but I I think that one needed a little bit of a time, a little bit of time just to because it is controversial. Yes, it was on both of our honorable mentions for the same reason that because it is controversial, we didn't want to put them in our top five. Right. Um, so, yeah, honorable mentions are usually really quick. But that one, I think I think that one was good that we spent a couple a couple minutes. hundred percent. So um, another one that I had was Jin from Lost. Um, yeah. Only because he sacrificed everything for, for the life of his child. So a, a father who's an amazing father to a child that he never got to meet. Is something else. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He he sacrificed himself for the life of his child that he never even met. Right. Like that's that's fantastic. Hands down. Yeah. So but that was my only other honorable mention, those two. Okay. I I mean I have a couple. Um yeah. uh Gomez Adams from the Adams family. Just Very because nice. he's just Gomez is the man. Because he's Gomez. Uh Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. Oh, interesting choice. Very he nice. He does become a father a little bit later on. Yes, he does. Um Bert Hummel from Glee, um, who was uh, Kurt's uh, father. Kurt was the 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 one that came out as gay mm-hmm. in the show. But the author of the uh, Land of Stories novels uh, is that in Chris Coffer. Chris Coffer, yes. Yeah. Um, but the the reason why I chose Bert. Was back when I was watching Glee. I remember that because Bert was like the man's man. He was into sports. He seemed the type that would kind of be against having a son reject coming out his as son. gay mm-hmm. and reject him exactly. But he was quite the opposite. Like he he realized I need to be there because he was a single father. The mother wasn't in the picture. He was the one that needed to step up to support him, and that's exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. So that's a good choice. Bert Bert Hummel was was on my list. Um, Dan Connor from Roseanne. Um, take out Roseanne because I, I'm I was never really a fan of Roseanne, but Dan was always a great um father figure, and one that I think some people might put on their worst fathers list, but I'm putting him on my best uh favorites because he was another one that kind of insulted his kids a lot, but put the hammer down when it needed to. Uh, Red Foreman from that '70s show. Oh, okay. I I loved Red. I mean, how many times can you get away with calling your own kid a dumbass? Well, you know, he was a dumbass in Red's defense. But yeah, he was absolutely right. Yeah, he was absolutely right. Oh, yeah, I, and probably another uh, another honorable mention would probably be Rick Grimes from Walking from, Dead. From Walking Dead. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I would put him in um, in that honorable mention category because he made a lot of terrible decisions. Uh, but under the circumstances, uh, the way that he protected Carl at at all at all costs of his entire, of his being, um, you know, it, he deserves to be on that list for sure. Yeah. yeah. I th- and I think another one that I'll throw on mine too, just um, before we, we wrap for break is um, another one that possibly could be on worst TV dads list, but I, I love him is Al Bundy. You know, Dave, Dave wanted me to put Al Bundy on the top five, like real bad. Really? <laughs> and I said, Dave, I don't watch that show. <laughs> I mean, he, he's another one that seemed like a deadbeat father. But when it came to protecting his kids, he would literally fight. Like, I don't mean argue like he would punch people for the protection of, the, of his own daughter and okay. his son. So I, I think he deserves to be on best, not worst. Um, so a lot of great ones that we said that we mentioned for tops. Um, We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do something a little fun and we're going to talk about our top worst, top three worst TV dads. We'll go a little quicker with this one as well. Uh, So uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This episode of Wilhelm is brought to you in part by Entertainment Earth. If you are a fan of pop culture collectibles, just like I am, Entertainment Earth is your one-stop shop for everything you need. With toys, collectibles, and apparel from so many franchises like Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Transformers, Back to the Future, one of my favorites, and more made from manufacturers such as Funko, Lego, Hasbro, and Mattel, just to name a few, 
I guarantee you, you will find something that will fill that collectible void, including many things you can't even find in stores. And best of all, Entertainment Earth offers the option to pre-order any of their upcoming new items at no money down, meaning you don't pay until it ships. How awesome is that? So check out their site, do some shopping, and help support Wilhelm by using the link in the show notes of this episode to browse the site. Entertainment Earth, great collectibles at Grady's. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, and like I mentioned right before the break, uh, we don't we've never done this on Will Home before. But th- Kristen, this was your idea to do top three worst dads as well. Because I kept um, thinking of worst ones when we were making the list. So, yeah. So we figured, like, why not? This would be a little fun. We'll do top three instead of top five. And then if we have honorable mentions, we can mention them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's dive in and do top three worst dads on television i have a feeling one of ours might be the same um but we'll find out uh kick us off number three worst tv dad who do you got ted from stranger things ted (laughs) okay that guy that's that's mike's dad right yes he's useless he is useless (laughs) he doesn't know where is he sleeps in a recliner he doesn't know what's going on at the dinner table he doesn't Mm. know where his children are at any point and he doesn't care he just doesn't care he is every dad in the 80s he's not every dad in the 80s but he (laughs) is a pretty stereotypical dad in the 1980s to tell you the truth and he it's it's just maybe it's like my own kind of ptsd coming back from my (laughs) 80s childhood but every time i see ted i'm just like you're the worst you're just the worst I, I, he's not in my top three, but I, he is, you're absolutely right. I remember when I rewatched seasons one through three recently of that mm-hmm. show, there are moments where I'm like, God, you are a horrible father. It's just you a horrible no clue. What is going on? Right. You know, ever. I mean, there's one point I think we're like one, like he, like he's so bad of a father that his wife almost cheated on him. With, with, a the high schooler. The with the high schooler yeah. with the high schooler yeah or he's so bad of a father that 11 was living in his basement and he had no idea and he had no well idea. to be fair the mom didn't nobody like in the house oh, she would be on my worst mom's list too but we're talking about dads because oh, okay. right. <laughs> she's not any better no she's no angel either mrs no. wheeler is no no, no. angel either ted, ted and mrs wheeler are terrible <laughs> her name is her name karen uh, I think it is Karen. Oh, of course it is. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, of course. It is. <laughs> I think it is Karen Wheeler. Um, no, that's a good one. I, not in my top three, but that's a good choice. Thank you. How about uh, you? My number three, this is the one maybe we share or not. Um, my number three is Roger Peralta. No, but what a good one. Jake's dad from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, he is the worst. He is a horrible father. He cheated on Jake's mom, walked out of her life. Um, He is just, he was a horrible father. There's really not much else I can say about that. Entered back into Jake's life and got him all excited about a relationship when Jake realized it was just to get him out of a ticket and get him out of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. He he was just a horrible father. There's not really much else I can say about it. Like he just was a horrible dad. Yeah, yeah. So 
hilarious. I'm I love surprised it. that one was not on your list. It isn't because I have two other really good ones. I have three other really good ones. But so my number, my number two worst dad is, oh, wait, are, are we done? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. Go ahead. My number two worst dad is Ned Stark from Game of Thrones. Okay. I, I have a I have a Game of Thrones dad in my honorable mentions. Not okay. Ned, though. It's Ned Stark. Everybody loved Ned Stark. Ned Stark, the best. Blah 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 blah. Here's what Ned Stark did. <laughs> Ned Stark promised his daughter to Joffrey Baratheon, who was a spoiled brat of a kid. And when he knew, when he knew that Joffrey was lying, still killed a direwolf still killed one of the dire wolves to make Joffrey happy. Then he, 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 uh, well, he agreed to be hand of the King and move his entire family to King's landing, even though his son had just fallen from a tower and they didn't know if he was going to live or die. And he just left him there. His two youngest kids just left them there. They never saw their dad again. They never saw their dad again. And then he left all of his kids when he knew life was not going to be good. He didn't just cut bait and run and say, you know what? F this. I'm out of here. No, he stayed. He stayed. He kept his kids in that horrible situation. And when he died, all of the rest of the show happened. <laughs> That's okay. That's a good point. Yeah. So I look, Ned Stark, honorable, la, 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 la. I don't care. He was not the best of dads. Well, Ned Stark is not the Game of Thrones dad I have in my honorable mentions. Okay. So There's, it's, I mean, it's full of bad dads. If, if we're going to be, oh my God, that show, is, that show <laughs> should is, be called Game of Bad Dads. <laughs> that show is full of bad dads and worse moms. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that could be like a, a subtitle of the show. Yeah. Mommy and daddy issues. Mommy and daddy <laughs> issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, talk about Lost. Lost is another show of daddy issues. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Yeah. Jack's dad. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about Jack's dad, too. There, okay. Well, let's throw him on there the board. Put it mentioned. on the board. There we go. <laughs> Put it on the board. Uh, so my number two is a show that I haven't seen in a while, but thinking about thinking about horrible TV dads. He's so bad that he's still stuck out in my mind. Uh, I went with George Bluth senior from arrested development. I have never seen that show. It's a great show. Um, it loses a little bit of luster when Netflix took it over and they changed the format of it. Mm. Um, but the seasons that were on Fox were fantastic. Like okay. it was such a great show. Um, but George Bluth was like a he was a real estate mogul who did nothing. His kids to him were nothing but pawn pieces that he manipulated to help him in business. Great. Like that's all they were. But I mean, like one of the main reasons why I love Arrested Development is because I love Jason Bateman and he is a one of the leads of the show. <clears throat> but like he George Bluth Sr. did nothing but manipulate. He never loved them. He just manipulated. He just manipulated them for the sake of growing his business um, to the point where, like, he actually ends up going to jail for light treason. <laughs> That's the reasoning is light treason. Um can you his, get convicted for light treason? Yeah, well, that's part of the joke of the show um, to the point that that's the whole premise of the show is that he gets arrested and his son, Michael, which is Jason Bateman's character, has to take over this business that and he begins to realize that he was nothing more than just part of all of this. And it's just it's it's a great premise. It's a hysterical premise. But George uh, uh, George Bluth Sr. was just horrible. 
He's a horrible Oh my father. gosh, what a terrible. That's so, yeah, I hate those kinds of dads. So uh but what have you got? I'm I'm very curious now. What's your number one for TV for worst TV dad? Dexter Morgan. Okay. I was okay. I I questioned putting him in my honorable mentions because I feel like there's a little bit of redemption in new blood. But if you can, I know I can see your face, but if you consider Dexter itself and take new blood off the board, he is a horrible father. I leave new blood on there. He's still a horrible father. I, I still, okay. He's still a horrible father, but I feel like there's some redemption points a little bit. He let hit. Okay. Have you seen the whole yeah. new blood show? Okay. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, just fast forward just a little bit right now. Okay. Ready? Are you? Well, are, there's a spoiler warning at the beginning of the show. Okay. Well, it's, it's a new enough show though. Right. So in new blood, he lets Harrison in on the ritual on the sacred ritual sees how horrified his son is and, but doesn't see it at the same time. Like he's chopping up a human being in front of his son. His son has to leave. His son is so horrified by the monster that his father is. He kills him. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You, you've, you've made some good points. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. I'm just like, like every single episode, I'm always like, he's such a bad dude. Like I, you know, I loved watching Dexter back when, you know, before I had kids, <laughs> <laughs> it changes the way you look at it. Oh my gosh. Does it ever, but it's just like everything about Dexter Morgan, when it came to him having a family, having children, having stepchildren. I mean, he just was terrible at it. He was terrible at it. And even when after Rita died, he should have stopped. He should have stopped everything after Rita died because that was the ultimate horrible thing that could have happened and 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 the ultimate what um blowback on his life on his secret life on his dark passenger right yeah, the, the like, ultimate repercussion thank you repercussion yeah um at that point if i walk in and i see my infant son in a in a pool of my wife's blood something you got to if you don't snap out of it after that then then you need to give up the the child for adoption. That is, that will put you on best dad status. If you know, I can't be a father, but he said, Oh, I could be a father and a secret serial murderer. And I can also maybe have a job. Okay. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I guess Dexter Morgan's on my, my honorable mentions now. <laughs> oh, he wasn't before. <laughs> he, he, I, like I said, I, I questioned putting him on there because I thought there was a little bit of redemption. Oh, OK. But you, you've kind of erased it from my mind. <laughs> the redemption qualities. How about your number one? My number one, again, with a bullet, my opinion of the worst TV father ever. Frank Reynolds, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The character, Danny DeVito's, Danny DeVito's okay. character from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This is a man who, while being the father of two children and kind of a surrogate to another, would sell those children if it made him 10 bucks. Oh my gosh. Like he is a master manipulator. He is a scumbag to the nth degree. Gross. Like he is the kind of father that if he was handed. 
Like if, if somebody gave him the choice of like, I will give you $50,000 to spend on yourself or I will give you $100,000 to spend on your children. He's taking the 50,000 for himself. Doesn't he, he cares nothing for the children that he has. Right. He would cheat, lie and swindle them to find success in his own life. That's gross. Which is why he is such a failure. <laughs> and his kids are failures too. Like I know a lot of people like our, our, our mutual friend, Jason, um, he didn't want to watch always sunny because he didn't like the idea of a show about horrible people. And That's I, was, why I don't watch it. Well, I was, uh, he, cause he hates the idea of good things happening to bad people. And I told him, I was like, would like that's not the show. <laughs> Nothing good happens to these people. They are horrible people and horrible things happen to them. Like that's why I watch it is because they are horrible people. Nothing good ever happens to these people ever. And this show is it's one of the longest running sitcoms it's of still, all time. It's still going. It's still going and I think there's two at least two more seasons signed. Oh my gosh. I've That's been crazy. on two episodes of the show. <laughs> like I, I love the show, but Frank Reynolds, to me, I've met Danny DeVito. Like I've had lunch with Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. They are the nicest people. In Have they life. talked about that show? This was early on. This was probably within Danny DeVito joined the show in the second season. So this was probably going around like the third season of the show mm-hmm. that this happened. Um, I had, a, I had a trip to LA and the person I was staying with actually knew Danny. So I actually ended up having lunch with Danny and, and Rhea. Um, and we didn't talk about the show once. Danny just loves to talk movies with people who love movies. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And that's all we talked about. Like I we love just that. talked movies. And then when I did those two episodes, I saw Danny on set and he remembered who I was and we just kept talking movies. It, that's it, awesome. It, and that's one of the reasons why, like, it cracks me up. Like, the character he plays is so deplorable. He is one of the worst dads in television history, played by one of the nicest guys in real life. Well, that's just like the, the guy that plays jo- uh, Joffrey, Joffrey Baratheon. Yeah. He's the nicest guy in the whole world. So, you know. And he plays such a deplorable person. Oh, my gosh. What a horrible human existence. Human excuse for whatever. You get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's throw out a couple honorable mentions for worst TV dads. Uh, what's do, uh, what do you have like one on your list? You uh, yeah, one, one or two. Yeah. Who's well, your honorable mention? Right now, uh, I almost put him in my top three, but only because I haven't seen the show in a while and I couldn't name specifics. But Arlo Givens uh, from Justified. So the the TV show Justified. Deputy U.S. Deputy Marshal Raylan Givens has a dad named Arlo Givens, who is the worst human in the show. I so um, it says I and I've, I've yet to watch. It is such a good show. It's such a good show. And Arlo is a very complex character. He you know, you go kind of back and forth on him a little bit. But underneath all of that back and forth is still a deplorable human being. It's still somebody who plotted to have his son murdered. It's, you know, it's without giving too much away because it's such a fantastic show. I mean, from start to finish, that show is fan freaking tastic. Um, 
It's on my list to watch. He sure. never, ever, ever, ever stopped hating his son. So Arlo Gibbons. I know the actor. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking up just so I wanted to see what actor portrayed him. And yeah, I'm familiar with the actor Raymond Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him in some other some other projects as well. So no, Justified is on my list. It's uh, it's one of those ones that it's uh, Justified and Deadwood are kind of um, Justified, Deadwood, and um, Ozark are the three shows at the top of my list right now. So, watch. as somebody who has seen two of those three shows. Um, Deadwood's good, but it's not it's not as good as Justified. And I watched the first episode of Ozark and I just the subject material didn't sit right with me. So we'd never watched a second. And Justified is coming back, too. Did you not know that? I heard a rumor, but I didn't know if that was actually true. Oh, they're already filming. Yeah, Justified is coming back. I don't know if it's a movie or a series, but yeah, they've I'll uh, take it. Tim, there's already pictures of Timothy Oliphant on set. Like they're they're coming back. I love, I love, I love, I love him. So do I. Yeah, I like, I like him as well. Yeah. Um, and then another honorable mention yeah. would be sorry. One more honorable mention would be Tony Soprano. So Tony Soprano is in my honorable mention. Okay, well. good. So you talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say much about him. <laughs> okay. anything. Like I said, I'm just going to go through these really quick. Um, two animated horrible fathers: Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin. Yeah. Horrible fathers. Uh, Tony Soprano is on my list. Walter White from Breaking Bad is on my list as a horrible father. He's a horrible character. Um, my Game of Thrones horrible father, Tywin Lannister. Was he? I, I, no, he, he was. hated his son. I mean, he hated his son. He hated his son. I mean, that, to me, that alone makes you a horrible father. Yeah. Um, Frank Gallagher from Shameless was just a complete and total scumbag. I still haven't seen that show. It's good. Um, a current horrible father, uh, Homelander from The Boys. Because I don't. The, oh God, I you're missing. Don't out watch that show. show. You're missing out on that show. Uh, Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. As much as I love Johnny in the early season, in the early series of the show, he's a horrible father. Um, and one that I think you might agree with as well. My last honorable mention: Michael Dawson from Lust. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Golly. Michael Michael Dawson is a horrible father. Yeah, he's you his whole life is made up of trying to do his best to make up for the last shitty thing that he did. Yeah. yeah. And he never stops doing terrible things. He keeps doing terrible things and it yeah. cost him his life. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Um, I have two actually from the same show that I just didn't know where they fit. I okay. don't know if they fit in horrible or best um, okay but if you're familiar with the television so raising hope yes uh bert chance and jimmy chance <laughs> uh, i don't know where they fit they're kind of in limbo because there are moments first off i love garrett dillahunt like adore who doesn't garrett yeah dillahunt. that's why i love raising hope um bert like he he's a horrible father but he's a great father at the same time in so many ways jimmy's the same way i I put them in limbo because I didn't know where they fit. So I, yeah, I, I, you know, I only saw like the first one or two seasons, but um, I, I, yeah, I think that they could honestly go either way. Yeah, I do too. It's, mm-hmm. I, it's just it. I think depending on where they're at in the season, they could go either way. But isn't that parenthood? 
I mean, honestly, isn't that parenthood? You could either every day you could wake up and be the devil or you can be the hero. It's just that's every day of of our lives as parents. So, And I I think they lean more towards better than worse, because even when they're making the worst decisions, they're always doing it with the best of intentions. And if that and if that's what you're doing, if you're really trying to do what's best, then then you're succeeding as a parent. Even, even, when making, it, even when you're making the worst, even decisions. when you're making, because I've made terrible <laughs> decisions in the past. I got so mad at my son the other day because he wasn't listening and he was talking back so bad. And I had just had enough of it. I took his Avengers Lego set that he had been working on for four days and I dropped it and smashed it on the floor into no. a million pieces. <laughs> in that instant, I realized. I, I may have gotten away from this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one might have gotten away from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, have, I cleaned it up myself. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we do have some listener feedback uh, okay. that I want to read. So let's dive into that before we get ready to get out of here. Sure. Um, and uh, I think we're going to kick it off to you to start with the first one. Yes. Penny Lennox. Hi, Penny. Worst, Tywin Lannister, Stannis Baratheon, and Craster. And I don't know if he's a good father, but I love every second Mr. Wheeler is on screen (laughs) in Stranger Things. He's so oblivious and cranky in this uh, can't-be-bothered dry way. Well, I I think it makes him a bad father, but (laughs) it depends. I don't know how old Penny Penny Lennox is, but if you're over the the age of 40, you may have PTSD from your own childhood. (laughs) Uh, this one comes from our friend Jill. She says, favorite Tim the Toolman. Taylor, Danny Tanner, Jack Pearson. There you go. She got, yeah. Uh, Mitch Leary and Frank Lambert. I'm not familiar with them. Uh, uh, Frank Lambert. Yeah. I oh, whatever. I'll look that up later. Mitch Leary sounds really familiar too. Um, that's, it's, um, oh, Mitch Leary is uh, uh, Dawson's Creek. Oh, okay. So, uh, for worst, she says Walter Frey, mm-hmm. uh, Homer Simpson, and Peter Griffin. Honorable mentions for bad, Marty Bird, Walter White, and Al Bundy. I think Al Bundy goes on the good list. I love it that it's so easy to come up with the worst ones because they're just so fun to remember. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Des Combs. Hi, Des. I miss you. Great dads. Herschel Green from The Walking Dead. Oh, yes. forgot about Herschel. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you're totally right. Oh, he's going on my top five. I got to bump somebody. <laughs> Herschel Green from Walking Dead. Mitch and Cam from Modern Family. Hard disagree. Uh, Gomez from the Adams Family. And Clark Kent from Superman and Lois. Not so great. Frank Gallagher from Shameless. Ted Mosley from Mosby. From How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Ross Geller from Friends. And Michael Dawson from Lost. I will agree. Ross Geller, not the greatest dad. But um, Mitch and Cam raised a hellion. So... <laughs> I was wondering why you would say a hard disagree. The the product of their parenting is not awesome. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Next one comes from Jessica Houses. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. Uh, Great stepdad. uh, Bob Newby from Stranger Things. Oh, poor Bob. Oh, Bob. Uh, Also, Hopper is an interesting case. I don't think he's one or the other, but it's a good showcase of being a maybe not fully equipped caretaker for a severely traumatized kid. Well, we both had him in our top five. We did. 
Uh, everyone's trying their best and there's a lot of love, but so much heartbreak and hurt. Mm-hmm. Jason Kabazi. Hello, Jason says, I think of Rick Grimes biting that guy's throat out for threatening Carl, but I hope he has a damn good excuse for leaving Judith all this time. <laughs> He better be trapped somewhere. Also, Arthur Cunningham from Happy Days. He could be a bit of a grump, but he was always a solid, caring father. Same with Ward Cleaver from Leave it to Beaver. How old are you? (laughs) (laughs) I also have a soft spot for Tom Bradford on (laughs) which I realize not a lot of people probably remember. He was kind of harried, but he did have eight kids to worry about. Worst. Gotta be Cosby. I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but yeah, I can't watch the Cosby show anymore. Yeah, I mean, and I totally get that, which is kind of why I think we put him in honorable mentions, just because it's hard to, it's really hard to, to separate that. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you have to be able to, to, to make that separation. And I can't with Tom Cruise. I get it. Oh, see, I, I can, and I thought the new Top Gun Maverick was fucking phenomenal. Mm. So, yeah. Um, uh, last four feedback. We have uh, Wendy Ott Eppers. She says top five, Ned Stark. Oh, she's got the opposite. <laughs> uh, Jim Hopper, Morty Seinfeld, Jim Halpert. Oh, Jim Halpert's a good one, too. And Tony Maselli from Who's the Boss? That's a good one. Uh, fascinating to watch, but terrible dads. Tony Sobrano, Walter White, and Marty Bird. Marty Bird is an interesting case because it's Ozark, which I haven't watched yet. So... Uh, judging by the first episode, I think that she's right on the money. Okay. Again, <laughs> I love Bateman and I've heard great things about Ozark. So that's one of my next shows to watch. Yeah, I had a real problem with the first episode, like a real problem with the first episode. So I'm hoping I can get over myself and watch the rest because I hate having to miss what you know people think is great television. You got but, FOMO? Uh, sometimes I have TV FOMO for sure because I love, I love to just binge watch a television show. I'll take yeah. it. I'll take five seasons of a good show over one movie any day. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but thank you everybody for leaving uh, that great feedback uh, on the next episode of Wilhelm. Uh, it's going to fall on 4th of July. So I haven't decided yet. We're either going to do top films that you just watch at 4th of July, which Independence Day. That was the other one is that maybe we're going to do a deep dive in Independence Day. Oh, so, that's so good. Yeah, I, that's I just, so good. Most likely, <laughs> that's the one I'm going to do is we're just going to take the deep dive into the movie Independence. Who doesn't watch that show on Independence? Who doesn't watch that movie on Independence Day? Uh, I do. I do I, every year. Every year. Every like, year. That there's that you don't start your day until you've watched Independence Day, right? Yes. So <laughs> so good. Uh, in between, I have a great now, story that's that has to do with that movie too. <laughs> you have to tell me. If you haven't told me already, you might have told me already. Probably. I don't know. Um, But in the meantime, between now and then, you can also expect most likely a review of the movie Lightyear, which I'm actually going to see tomorrow. Um, We'll have seen by the time you're hearing this, actually. Uh, And uh, coming next week as well. I'm really excited about this. This just got confirmed yesterday. I will be uh, for the spotlight series of the show. I will be having on actor William Sadler who, if you are not familiar with William Sadler, he was the villain in Die Hard 2. He was the president in the X-Men movies, and he was deaf in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Excellent. So he has a massive, massive catalog of movies that he has been in. He's in my all-time favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption. He's in The Green Mile. He's in The Mist. He's going to be in the upcoming Salem's Lot. 
Um, he wow. has done a ton of stuff. I'm so excited to have him on. I've been working on it for a couple of weeks. Good for you. Finally got it scheduled. So you can expect that sometime in the next couple of weeks as well. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, what's, what about you? Uh, we mentioned house of the dragon coming up. What's, what's going on with you? Uh, as far as anything, anything you want to plug? Is anything, anything I want to plug? Um, well, I mean, right now, like I said at the top of the show, I'm really boring right now. Um, we just sold all of our stuff and, and we're about to take a year-long adventure in our camper with our family. So we're coming to a, a city near you. Um <laughs> Um, but right now, I mean, I could tell you what I'm watching right now. Right now, we're uh, really into the expanse. We're watching the, um, uh, oh my gosh, sixth and final season of the Peaky Blinders, which again, Tommy Shelby, worst dad possibly ever. He definitely goes on the list uh, for an on- honorable mention or, or something. He, he belongs somewhere on that list. He's a fantastic character, but damn, is he not the greatest of dead? <laughs> um, uh, anyways. Um, so, and, um, we're really into watching as a family. We're really into watching forged in fire and, um, and the beast master ultimate beast master, which is something that Adam discovered. And now we're watching. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited to be podcasting again, really excited to be podcasting again. It's good to see your face and I don't know. Have you watched, um, Forge and Fire made me think of it, but have you w- sat down as a family and watched Flora's Lava? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But when, once you've watched the ultimate Beastmaster, Flora's Lava looks ridiculous. Really? Okay. Yeah. And, oh, we just finished watching Bullshit. Oh, is that the one with Howie Mandel? Yes. Is it good? Yes. It's okay. fun. It's fun, right? It's just super fun. Any um any good movies you've seen lately you would recommend to people? Movies. No. I saw Fantastic Beasts. I really loved it. I know a lot of people hated it and they hate the whole franchise right now just because of whatever reason. But I think that um this last movie was really good. And I really hope that they make another movie because I need, I need some, some resolution to the some story closure. that they're telling. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that they could really nail it if they're given the chance. So. Okay. Um, I, the only movie I, um, I would recommend to people it's, it's out now. If you have an opportunity to watch it, I know not everybody's a fan of this guy, but I, I love him. Um I I recently watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. It is so fun. It, Nicolas Cage has come out himself and said this might be his favorite movie he's ever made because he's playing himself. He's playing an exaggerated version of himself. Mm-hmm. I watched this movie and I love like Face Off and Con Air and The Rock. I won't lie this might be one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies of all time. So he just did um, a Reddit AMA not too long ago. And I think he said that this is his favorite movie that he's ever done, like multiple times in the, yeah. in the AMA. So it was a, that was a good AMA. It's it's I'll have to see if I can find that. I'm sure it's probably out there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I had been wanting to watch it for a while. I missed it when it was in theater. So when it came out on demand, uh, I watched it the first night and I was not just I him and Pedro Pascal are 
so good together. Mm-hmm. Like it, there is, there's one sequence in the movie without giving anything away. I'll just say they're on LSD <laughs> and I, there are moments. I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at a Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, fun. The two of them together are just, they're it, fantastic. It's in theaters. No, it's on demand. Oh, okay. What, what's it called? Unbreakable. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Okay. <laughs> yes. And it is on, it is on my server. Okay. So and yeah, I love, you. you know what? I also love Pedro yeah. Pascal too. Um, I can't wait for the last of us. Oh yeah. When I saw that he was, um, see, that's what I've been waiting for. Cause like, I, I'm so bad at video games. I'm so bad at video games that I can't <laughs> get through the story. So I'm really excited that they're making a movie for us that just want to see the story. <laughs> and, and from what I've heard, from multiple people, including people behind the scenes and on the show, they say it is the most loyal representation of a video game ever made. That's something. And I've seen some of the screenshots. I've played the games. I've seen some of the screenshots. They look like they are right out of the game. So if if they are telling the story that the game does, the show is going to be phenomenal. Oh, I can't wait. And get ready because it's emotional. Yeah, no, I've I've done the first... I've done the first like hour or two of the of the game mm-hmm. twice. <laughs> Just can't. And the second game, Last of Us Two. I heard that's even darker. It's a like if you think the first game is bad, like I I finished the second game. I I had to play a kids game afterwards. Was it Animal Crossing? I think it was actually. I like that game. I think it was. I haven't played it in a while. We call my Switch the Animal Crossing machine because that's the only game that's ever in it. Yeah, that's fun. Um, so yeah, so thank you to everybody who left the feedback as well. I encourage you guys to do so for all future episodes. Uh, so follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Wilhelm Podcast. You can follow on Instagram uh, at Wilhelm Podcast. Uh, I'm going to start going using Twitter a little bit more, which is also at Wilhelm Podcast. Uh, but if you want to leave me feedback directly or contact me for any particular reason, whether it's to recommend a show idea or even to be a guest, uh, email me at it's a new email address that we've been using before. Um, used to be the Wilhelm Podcast at gmail.com, but now it is feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com. We now have our own dom- domain for the podcast. Very nice. Um, and soon you'll actually be able to go to wilhelmpodcast.com and leave feedback directly right from the website. Um, that's still in development, so can't do it yet. For now, just go to feed, uh, go to the Instagram or Facebook at Wilhelm Podcast on all of them, or leave me an email at feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com. Uh, last but not least, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to, uh, if they allow you to do so. Uh, Kristen, I'm I was so happy to finally podcast with you again after all this time. Me too. This, was, this was so much fun. fun. This so, was so much fun. <laughs> um, we're going to be making the announcement soon. We still have to discuss it a little bit as to exact date, but we're going to make the announcement soon yeah. for the Lost Podcast to come back because um, people have been asking for it. And I know we want to get back to it. I'm itching. Um, yeah. So we'll talk about that. Once we get that, we'll we'll talk about that in the future. Um, but thank you again for coming on and doing this. This was a long time coming. And you thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to do this again. This was super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for the support and uh, just being fans of the show. But until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Wilhelm. Bye. Bye.